Hello, and welcome to Brave Stories, stories by and about children with cancer and the family and friends who love them. Brave Stories is brought to you by Brave the Shave, an organization that provides support to these children and their families when they need it most. This can mean life-saving medicine, rent or car payments, but most of all means being there for the children and their families. Brave the Shave is a community of families impacted by cancer supporting each other through compassion and kindness. Every child is unique, and so is their story. We hope that by listening to these stories of strength, joy, and sorrow, you can be inspired to share the same goodwill in your life. During this episode of Brave Stories, we are talking to Randy Othout, the mother of Cully Othout. He has joined the ranks of our Brave the Shave angels, and Mike Eggle, one of the founders of Brave the Shave, is talking to her about her experience today. This is the first part of that interview. Randy, the other day you sent me a, a picture, and that picture was something that really uh, struck close to my heart, and it was a picture of of Cully, and it was Cully, and he was in a um, a hospital robe, uh, but he was you know, happy and smiling, and uh, you you'd said that that one really really got to you, and I guess I kind of like to start our conversation today with that picture. Can you tell me a little bit about that picture and you know, why it got you and what it meant? Sure. Um, that picture popped up as a Facebook memory, and those memories are pretty bittersweet. I look forward to them, but then on the other hand, I had forgotten what the day was, and um, that picture was taken on diagnosis day. So that picture was of Cully in his hospital gown. We were at the hospital to do an MRI to rule out a brain tumor. And then the plan was to go on and explore gastric issues because Cully had been vomiting. Well, that picture popped up and we, we were leading such normal lives at that point. And then I think within an hour of that picture being taken, how drastically different our life was. And so that's why it was a little startling for me. I remember craving normalcy after the diagnosis. So Cully, uh, how, how old was Cully in that picture? Uh, that picture was taken in November of 2015, and Cully had just turned three in September. He was three years old, and the picture is just cute. I mean, he is just excited. He's kind of even uh, proud of his uh little outfit you know you can tell yeah. he's, he's still having a good we, time you know hospital gowns when they're for kids they're so tiny and so that's what we thought we were documenting so within the hour um Cully at three was uh was diagnosed can you can you tell us a little bit about that diagnosis sure well i'll do a little lead up to it um for halloween cully had dressed as olaf from frozen and when we were out trick-or-treating, he kept stumbling and falling. And it was a big, bulky costume, so we thought it was that. Um, but then the next day, he threw up that morning. And he wasn't sick. 
And I remember it went away by noon. So I thought, oh, he must just have a bug. And he was still his happy self. And so after that, I didn't worry about it until the next morning when he threw up again. And it was just kind of strange because I can remember he threw up and looked at me and grinned. (laughs) He didn't feel bad. Um, And I took him out to the lunch that day with my sister and we were sitting in the booth and he kept making this funny face where he would close one eye and kind of scrunch up his mouth. And I remember laughing at him saying, why are you doing that? And I look back now and it's, it it was the brain tumor. I think his vision was blurry. And so he was trying to compensate for that. Um, So just the, the vomiting in the morning and then it would go away by noon. He was never sick. It was just vomiting. And so after eight days of this, I took him to his pediatrician and he shined a light in his eyes and the pediatrician didn't lead on to me at all, but I talked to him years later and he said that he shined the light in Cully's eye and his pupil kind of fluttered rather than contract. It did this little quiver almost. And he Mm -hmm. said, Oh, that is not right. And so he had an idea what was going on. It took quite a while and he was asking really in-depth questions like, has he been stumbling and um, just not your typical wellness exam for a child? So he said, with the vomiting, let's, let's rule out a mass and then we'll go on and explore other options. But he made sure it was two o'clock in the afternoon. So we weren't able to get an MRI that day, but he scheduled it right away for the next morning. Um, it took a while to schedule it. So Cully and I walked it, it was in the mall. So Cully and I walked down and saw Santa Claus and Cully sat on Santa's lap and was just absolutely starstruck. He just looked at him with these big eyes and could hardly talk. He just grinned at him. And I stopped at the candy store and I let Cully pick whatever he wanted. And looking back, I was spoiling him. And we got back to the doctor's office and the nurses showered him with all kinds of toys. And and he was charming them and visiting them. And everyone knew except for us. And so then the next day we went in and we were still pretty clueless. Um, he went back for his MRI and then we were in recovery And Cully was still groggy. He hadn't fully come out of it. And the doctor called us in the recovery room. And I thought, this is not normal. And so they handed me the phone. And keep in mind, the doctor was down at the mall. And we were at the hospital for the MRI. He said, I typically would not do this over the phone. But you need to go to Fargo. There is a significant mass in Cully's brain. And you need to go now. And I said, are you telling me my child has cancer? And he said, we don't know that yet. We know there's a mass. It will have to be removed and they will send it off for testing and then we'll know what it is. So Scott could hear me talking on the phone, Cully's dad, and he was holding Cully who was still limp in his arms and Scott knew what the results were just from listening to me and he broke down and that was really a turning point for me 
because I knew that I had to take care of arranging all of this for Cully at that point. I knew it was serious. Um, I couldn't dwell. And so right then and there, Scott was incapable of talking. Um, he was in shock. So I called Scott's boss and I said, uh, Scott won't be coming back to work today because we thought prior to that, we thought he would. And um, I said, I don't know when he'll be back. This is what's going on. And then I needed a minute to break down. So I remember walking away and going into the bathroom and I just stood in there and I said, no, nope, this is a misdiagnosis. You know, I, I thought I could change it, you know, just try to will it yeah. away and just kind of had a mini breakdown. And then I came out and Cully was becoming more and more alert and Scott was still holding him just inconsolable. And I didn't want to scare Cully. And so it, the doctors told us, don't even go home to pack, get in your car and go to Fargo. And so that's what we did. Um, we went with nothing. It was Scott and my mom was with us at the hospital and she wanted to go along to Fargo. So the three of us loaded up with Cully and it was such a blur. Just that, that whole weekend, it was a Friday and they didn't want to do surgery on a weekend. They wanted to make sure that they had their full capacity at the hospital and make sure they had the best working. And so we had surgery on Monday morning and Cully just had a good old time in the hospital that weekend. All he had was an IV and my family came from South Dakota. Um, their last name is the Mettlers, but we affectionately call them the Medlers. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kelly got to play with his cousins and his uncle and they did face painting and he just thought the hospital was the greatest thing. And we had doctors coming and going and talking to us. And at this point I was still convinced it was benign. And the oncologist came in and talked to us and I was, not very kind to him. I didn't think I needed to be talking to an oncologist. I thought they were jumping the gun. Um, but I got a chance to apologize to him later. I said, I just wasn't ready. And um, he became one of Cully's primary doctors. But after we had surgery that Monday and the tumor was sent off and we spent 11 days in the hospital, most of it in the ICU. Just there were a couple minor complications with recovery but then we got the call that it was malignant and it was medulloblastoma and being three years old that's a turning point for medulloblastoma children under three tend to fare worse and i didn't know how long cully had had it mm -hmm. so he had turned three two months prior and i kept just saying he's three he's met that point he, he's going to do fine and he did have a good prognosis initially. His prognosis was 75 to 80%. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, at that point we thought things would go well. Well, but one way or the other, such a, a shock, 70, 80% sounds, you know, uh, like a reasonable percentage, but when it's applied to your child who's three, I don't think I'd have been that nice to the <laughs> physician at that point either. I, I think you're probably forgiven for, for that one. Yeah, you'd be surprised when you're talking percentages of, of whether your child will live five years, even though that's considered a good prognosis. 
it it hurts to hear. Yeah. I mean, you want to hear 100%. And and you mourn every loss that you have. Um, with chemotherapy, Cully could have learning deficits and, and deficits with his walking. Uh, with radiation, he would have been infertile. He would have, as an adult, it stops your growth. It kills fast-growing cells. So since he was having his spine radiated, he would not have grown much. So as an adult, he would have been less than five feet. And you just mourn every single one of those losses. Um, but then in my situation, having lost color, you look back at those and you think they're so petty. Um, because in comparison, it's, I would have taken care of Cully for the rest of my life. Um, no matter what the deficits were, it's losing him is so much harder. You've told me a little bit about Cully's funeral and that time. And I do think we should talk about that a little bit because you have told me that story in a rather beautiful way. But I also want to talk a little bit about the time of Cully's treatment and uh, Cully as he was uh, even during that treatment. And I want to start by uh, going back to the phrase that always reminds me of Cully, which is um, his, his catchphrase. <laughs> um, I always thought, you know, it, 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 well, why don't you tell us uh, Cully's catchphrase? <laughs> so he was this little tiny, barely three-year-old, and we would go somewhere or people would come over, and when they were leaving, he would say, have a lovely day. <laughs> and he would no say idea. it just like that. <laughs> we had no idea where it came from. It wasn't a saying that either Scott or I used. Um, but I was sitting down watching cartoons with him one day, and it was Peppa Pig. So <laughs> he talked about things like going on holiday. Um, you know, he picked up on these little British phrases. So that was where it came from. And um, have a lovely day was something that he said over and over again throughout his treatment. Kate, one of his oncology nurses, he would um, be not very nice to her during treatment and <laughs> tell her how much he disliked her. And then we would leave and he would say, have a lovely day. <laughs> <laughs> and it always got her. <laughs> she was a sucker for that. <laughs> well, you know, pretty hard not to be a sucker for that. Uh, and he was. He delivered with a little a little style each time. So... Um, and again, I think he can be forgiven for not liking treatment. It was not a, uh, no, um, no easy path for him. Never, never was an easy path for him. Um, what did he, in terms of radiation and chemotherapy have to go through? Um, we were expected to do treatment for about 15 months. Uh, we were initially sent to Rochester to Mayo for proton beam radiation. Um, which is very targeted therapy since it was radiating his brain. Uh, they didn't want any spread from the radiation. So the proton beam is very specific. So that's why we did, there's only two or three places in the country. One of them was right in Rochester, which is only an eight hour drive. So we did six weeks of radiation, which would have been over Christmas. We spent our Christmas there and all of January and into February and came home at the beginning of February. At that point, he had started chemotherapy 
in Rochester and they became his primary doctors, but they could give orders and some of it could be carried out here in Bismarck. We were able to do some chemotherapy treatments and physical therapy and that sort of thing here in Bismarck, which was a blessing. Um, Cully has four older siblings. So being away was always tough. Um, hard on him, hard on me as their mom and hard on their dad too. Uh, he would stay home and work. Um, one parent always has to keep the insurance. So he would stay home and work and take care of four kids. And it, it was a lot. So in February, we came home and we were going through standard treatment. Um, he was having chemotherapy on a regular basis. And in June, we went back and scans were clear. Um, and then I can't remember which month it was, but they saw some, some things on the scans that were concerning, but they weren't sure what they were because they weren't in the typical spot where medulloblastoma comes back. So they said, we'll just keep an eye on it. Come back in September, we'll do scans again. So Cully's birthday was September 10th. And for that, this would have been his fourth birthday. And we went all out. Uh, Cully loved birthdays. He loved planning them. He, as soon as one was done, he was talking about what to do for the next. <laughs> so for this birthday, we had a bunch of friends and family come. And we went to the amusement park, the Super Slide Amusement Park. Mm -hmm. And it just was a really good time. And I'm so glad that we went all out for that. We didn't know it would be his last birthday. Um, a couple days after we went back to Rochester for those next scans and they confirmed that the cancer was back, which was completely unexpected because we were still in standard treatment. Um, a lot of times when cancer comes back, it's when you end treatment, you know, when, when you're not receiving the chemotherapy. And I know Tanner talked about in his last podcast, he talked about having that shield up. You know, you have that protection of receiving chemotherapy where we were so shocked because Cully was receiving that and the cancer still came back. Mm -hmm. So um, recurrent medulloblastoma, our odds flipped. It was about 20% survival rate, five years at that point. Um, and longer term is significantly lower. I made the mistake of jumping online and I read recurrent medulloblastoma is terminal and they hadn't used those words with us yet. So that was, I had trouble coming out of that one that I spent a couple days in bed on that. And, you know, I think back now and those kind of things just hit you and I should have been spending time with Cully, but it was a day or two and, and you just need those recovery times. So what well, you've, you've talked to me in, in the past about the degree to which your life ended in, in terms of taking care, you know, your job, your 24 seven mm -hmm. became that. Yes. Yeah. I said, I crave normalcy. Well, taking care of Cully became my normal. Uh, it became my identity. Scott did a great job with the older four kids. Um, and Cully and I just kind of came into the house and, and went when he needed treatment. And um, 
my role as their parent really took a back seat because my primary focus was on Cully and Scott took care of the older four kids. Um, so then when Cully passed away, it was just that day in my identity. I had nothing to do. I can remember sitting on the couch a few days later and I said, my life is so much easier, but not in a good way. Mm. So I needed to find purpose after that. And that took a while. The idea of finding purpose in all this has been, uh, you know, obviously that's an incredible challenge. And the idea that there is a purpose uh, that is as valuable as what you're doing with Kelly, you know, is uh, something that I know you've grappled with in a tremendous way for a, a long time. Um, how long has it been since uh, Kelly's passing? A little over three years. Three years. I spent yesterday talking to a mom who she knows what the outcome is going to be with her daughter. From day one, they've told her that uh, her daughter's tumor is not curative. They're hoping to get time. And she says, how do I face this? You know, she knows what lies ahead for her. She said, how do I go on after that? And she has an older daughter too. And I said, you do, you have to. You don't have a choice because you have your daughter, your surviving daughter, and you have to create a normal life for her. And you also need to find your purpose in life. And sometimes these events bring that on. Um, so finding Brave the Shave and being able to help others, I know that Cully went through all this, but some good is coming out of it. And there's research, there's, in his name, we've raised tens of thousands of dollars towards research and helping other local families. So I'm able to see the good that comes from it and know that Cully's life made a difference. Well, I would... I would add that Cully's life made a difference no matter what. Thank you for listening. More importantly, thank you for being a part of the conversation surrounding our kids and their families. We hope you've been inspired to be a part of our community through your financial and emotional support. Please visit BraveTheShave.net or our Facebook page to learn more about our kids and their incredible journeys, and donate. Since 2006, the people of Brave the Shave have been working to support children with cancer and children's cancer research. We hope someday to be done with our work, but for now, please go to BraveTheShave.net and be brave this week. Thank you. <laughs>